0: <laughs> Following a transgressor. Right. He On the top, the lowest
1: state theatre building. Hello,
2: tremendous. <laughs> 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 Tales of intrigue, adventure and the mysterious occult that will stir your imagination and make your very blood run cold. This is Dark Adventure Radio Theater featuring your host, Lester Mayhew. Today's episode H.P. Lovecraft's The Lurking Fear.
3: A mountain storm unleashes a deadly cataclysm upon a backwoods village in New York's Catskill Mountains. The local authorities' inquiry points towards an obsessed journalist and the abandoned mansion of a degenerate local family. Has the writer's relentless quest for a story led him to commit unspeakable acts? Or is he being drawn into a monstrous mystery that's terrified the region for centuries? Who will be the next victim of the lurking fear? But first, a word from our sponsor. Gophers, prairie dogs, squirrels, and woodchucks. These burrowing pests can be the bane of any homeowner. Don't vex yourself with old-fashioned traps or messy poisons. There's a better way. Get a Bemis Brothers 22 caliber rifle. Our Davy Crockett repeater model has the power to take care of neighborhood pests and it's darn fun to shoot. Eliminate those pesky vermin in a fun, family-friendly way. <laughs>
4: Got him, Dad! Nice
2: shooting, Billy!
4: Gee, thanks, Dad!
2: You're my little man. Bid rodents good riddance by a Bemis Brothers rifle today! And now, Dark Adventure Radio Theater presents
5: H.P. Lovecraft's The Lurking Fear. (laughs) So... I got the three of them lined up against the wall, right? So what'd you do, Croft? So Mickey the Snitch, he says, Detective, I'd like to make a little contribution to the state trooper's retirement fund. (laughs) He doesn't. Oh, yeah. And he flashes me a sawbuck and I says to him, Yeah, that may be enough for you, but what about your mama?
6: (laughs) It's the captain.
7: Detective Croft, what do you got working? I'm
5: waiting on a callback on that bank job and... uh... Drop
7: it. Got a situation for Troop Afton. I need you to head out to the Catskills.
5: I could drive out there tomorrow. You're going now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's, uh, it's a pretty fair drive out there. What's sort the of
7: hurry? Apparently, there's some kind of disaster in a remote village. A big storm or something. It's not clear exactly what went on. There's no electricity, no phones. Hell, this place doesn't even have a name. Yes, Apparently, it's a real mess. I'll head on out, sir. Good. Take someone with you. You declare... You go too? Sir, yes sir. You sure? Because, you know, me and Miller were- Jake Duclair, here's a map. The village is about here. There's not much around there. Nearest town's here. Place called Leffert's Corners. Groff, you can figure out how to get there. Yes, sir. Come on you, let's go.
5: So Squeaky McGee and his boys were making a run for it. A whole load of moonshine, right? So I've got one of our boys set up to chase them a little. You know, uh, let him build up a little speed as they outrun us. So they're flying down Route 23 down towards Paladinville, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what Squeaky's boys don't know is that we've been out the night before and dug a little trench right across 23. So there they go, flying down past Caddiskill Falls, and Bam! Jesus, there's gin and whiskey everywhere. Squeaky's boys are running out in the woods. We call it a couple of them. (laughs) I'll tell you, we ain't never seen them making another run down (laughs) RR23. I'll
1: bet. Uh, Catter skills, huh?
5: Yeah, it's an old Dutch name. It's Cat Creek. Whole area was settled by the Dutch. A couple nice towns, bits of civilization here and there, but mostly... eh a whole lot of this. Forests? You've never even been in the Catskills? No. Jesus, Angel. Yeah, uh, forests, mountains, ravines, it's a wilderness. Anybody live out here besides these squatters? and uh, not really. I mean, uh, some Indians, but yeah, they don't really count. Out where we're going, there was uh, one rich Dutch family that had a grand old place, but ugh, that was back before the war.
1: That's not so long ago. We're talking about the Revolutionary
5: War, son. Oh. Nowadays, it's mostly these kind of hillbilly types trying to live off the land. They're not big on outsiders. They mostly keep to themselves. How much
1: further, you figure?
5: Hey, uh, shine your torch on the map. There. Yeah, for all the good it does.
1: Here it is. Okay, so this village would have to be between Cone Mountain and this uh, Maple Hill.
5: All right. Uh, well, we'll call it uh, Maple Cone. <laughs> Jesus, sounds like a flavor of ice cream. But the village must already have a name. Ah, almost none of them do the village is kind of overstating it. It's uh, it's a bunch of squatters gathered together. They ain't coming from anywhere, they ain't going anywhere. You ask them where they live, they say here. <laughs> Maple Cone.
1: How long you figure it'll take us to get there?
5: Uh, I'll try to get us to Leffert's Corners before sunup. We can grab a cup of coffee there.
1: Shouldn't we head straight there? Uh,
5: there's no point in getting up to Maple Cone in the dark. We'll get up there at first light. See what's happened. Not much of a road left, You may as well... No, 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 I can make it through this.
1: Now, oh, for the love of money. May as well just walk the rest of the way. Hey, look, looks like there's some people up there on top of the ridge.
5: Morning. We're state troopers. I heard there was a spot of trouble.
6: How did you? We got trouble, you know, with our lawmen and the men poking around. Go on now. Get away from the to come around.
1: You understand any of that? Yeah, not a word. He's got a gun. Yeah, most of them
5: do around here. We don't want no trouble. We heard there was a storm and people got hurt.
4: We're just here
5: to help.
6: I don't care if you're Jesus Christ himself. We don't want no outsider to come a-poking. Shut
4: your big hole, Moses Money. These men is here for the dead. Ain't that right?
5: There's dead bodies here?
4: Yeah. piles of them.
5: Oh. Can you show us the way?
4: Yeah. Follow me. The village was just up the holler around yonder. You can see what's left from just around here.
2: Oh,
1: sweet. Jesus, are those... Mm. Mm. Sir, would you help the detective? Lead him up over there. Let him catch his breath. Yes, sir. Come on, you. How how many people lived here?
4: I ain't much of mathematics, but I reckon about four
1: score. These bodies, there must be at least forty or fifty. Reckon so. Where are the survivors? Uh, Have you seen anyone alive?
4: (laughs) Not a soul what lived here. Me and my kin, we come from down the creek, round the far side of Anlerham Gulch.
1: What's your name?
4: Folks call me Mama Money.
1: That's M-O-N-E-Y? Huh? Your name, how's it spelled? When you write your name down.
4: It's spell money.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what do you think happened here? Storm. Storm? Some of these bodies look like they were torn limb from limb.
4: <laughs> Twere no regular storm.
1: You can say that again. There's all these burn spots. Any idea what might have happened here? Lightning. But I mean, there's dozens of spots like this. The dirt's been melted into glass. That's stuff. A
4: not... lot of lightning up here.
1: Yeah, but this looks like the ground's just collapsed, caved in. These shanties are completely destroyed.
4: It happens that way sometimes, hereabouts.
1: You don't say. I should see how Detective Croft is getting on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that fella were looking at my pinky
8: <laughs>
5: Come on now, stay back. I don't want any of you crossing this line.
8: Officer, we've heard reports of fatalities in the village. What can you tell us? Who wants to know?
9: I'm with the press, Arthur Monroe, the Albany Evening News. We've heard there were numerous fatalities. Can you confirm that? Oh, well, you press too? Nick Callum, True Crime Magazine. Can you give us a statement? Are there murderers on the loose?
5: Look, we just got here. We're still evaluating the scene. Let me talk with my partner. I'll get you a statement. Now, now any of you cross this line, I will
8: arrest you. Must be pretty bad. My source says there's at least 20 dead. 20? Wow. Elmo, he was up here last night and he said the whole village was like. You all
5: right? Yeah, sorry about that. I, uh... Don't worry about it. We best head back to Leffert's Corners. They've got a phone. We can call the captain, get the county medical examiner up here. Maybe some of these, uh, local fellas can help push the car out of the, uh...
2: Hey, detectives! Mo Pierce, New York Evening Graphics. So what's the story here? Yeah, the whole village got overrun by a pack of rabbit bears. A whole pack? Okay. How about that? Come on. Anything official, boys? Look, I just told you, we're just starting this. To... Our saw, says a bomb went off. Blew up the
4: whole village. Nah,
6: that. We would have heard that.
4: I'm telling you, there was lightning something fierce up here night afore last.
6: Well, maybe so. But I know lots of folks is missing. Twas blood poison. Drove some of them mad and then they killed their kin and let out. Now they're on the run. Nah, Pack of bears, tore them to bits. My cousin told me. Ain't no wild animals in these parts.
4: The monster killed them off
9: long ago. Monster? Now well, this sounds like my kind of story.
5: Ah, behind the line, you monster? Who? Headless Horseman? Uh,
2: <laughs> maybe it was gnomes. I hear these hills I just crawling with <laughs> them. was the Spectre.
9: Oh yeah? The Spectre? Go on.
4: Yep, the Marten Spectre. Lives underneath the ground. Comes out when there's lightning real bad. Kills dogs, people, deer. Any particular. Mikey, never use... They say the thunder calls a monster out of hiding. No, the thunder is its voice. Moses!
8: What's your name, son?
10: Mikey Money. I, I live a spell down the creek.
4: Smile, Mikey. Hey, what did you do that 1st
8: You're gonna be in the paper, kid.
4: that were enough, Moses, hush up. Mikey, get over here!
2: Detectives, is it true people are missing?
4: Have all the bodies look, been... Look, fellas, there?
5: save your breath. We're not taking questions yet. we got to call in the medical examiner, and we'll take a, a careful look at what
9: happened here. What do you think it could have been, Detective? Do you understand what no questions means? Yeah, but I mean, come on, a whole village? Come on, give us a quote. Something we can use. Okay, fine. It was moonshine, all right? A still exploded.
1: Must have been a pretty big still. Okay, it was a whole bunch of them. You want a story? It was a regular hotbed of illegal liquor. A bunch of alky cookers didn't know what they were doing and blew themselves up. You want a story? Put that in. Or you can wait until we've got some answers. Come on! Clear off! Sure, but Detective- You heard him.
5: We'll tell you more when we know more. Now clear the area. We have work to do here.
9: Listen, officer. I covered the war in France. I've seen bomb craters. This wasn't caused by any explosion. It's like the village was swallowed whole and everyone left alive went mad.
1: Yeah, well, Mr. Uh, What was your name again? Callum. Well, Mr. Callum, just give us a break, okay? Let us do our jobs.
9: Sure. Sure, and I'll do mine.
5: Thank Christ that's over and done with. All the cases like this up here? The Catskills? No, it's uh, yokels and vacationers. Uh, I've never seen nothing like that. It, I, I, I. It's okay. But you... You've seen that kind of thing before, haven't you? You, uh,
1: you were over there? Europe? Yep. Flanders. As bad as I say. Worse. I think. The Morn. The second battle... Is, uh... <sighs> well, you get used to it. Somehow.
5: Yeah, well... This maple cone thing was more than enough for me. All that carnage... Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but we'll get to the bottom of it, right? I doubt it. I mean folks up there will mourn their dead, but nobody on the outside's gonna lose any sleep over it.
1: Hell of a thing. Shh. Say that
5: again. I'm ready to get on back to Albany. Good old-fashioned crime. I'll take a drunken disorderly or a bank heist over this any day.
1: Heycroft? Yeah. You uh You don't, ever. Well not not really. What? Get used to it. Hey, Croft, I was thinking about the coroner's report about the maple cone desk. Oh, let it go, Duclair. That was a month ago. I
5: told you there wasn't even going to be a crime to investigate. Yeah, but... Shh, I want to hear this. Palmer's going to the plate. Croft, Duclair, I need you to come take a statement. Oh, can not wait? The game is... Now.
7: You got a lady waiting in the interview room. What's the case? Missing person. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mrs. Bennett, this is Detective Croft and Trooper Duclair. They'll take your statement.
11: Thank you, Captain.
5: How do you do, Mrs. Bennett, ma'am? So, what seems to be the trouble?
11: It's my husband, George Bennett. He left on a job and he just hasn't come back. When was this? Tuesday. He said he'd be back Wednesday afternoon.
5: Yeah, two full days. Sure, sure. We we see
1: why you're concerned, ma'am. What line of work was your husband in?
11: He um provided security for a kind of private investigator, William Toby. Oh, I know Bill Toby. Well, Bill and George were hired by this writer. They were all supposed to go up somewhere in the Catskills. I rang up to Bill's, and he hasn't come back either. None of them had. They were supposed to be back Wednesday. Yeah,
1: that doesn't sound like him. This writer, do you have a name?
11: His name's Callum. Nick Callum.
1: Nick Callum? Croft, he was one of the reporters nosing around up at Maple Cone. What's Maple Cone? Yeah,
5: it's nothing for you to worry about. Uh, Now, do you know this Callum? Not really.
11: George and Bill had done a few jobs for him before. They were his go-to guys when he needed a little extra, you know... Muscle.
5: Ah, so this guy's not writing for the Saturday Evening Post.
11: Oh, no. It's one of those seedy, true crime rags.
5: Gotcha. We'll look into it, ma'am. Anything else you think we should know? Any, uh, troubles at home? Money problems? woman that, uh, kind of... Oh,
11: no, nothing like that. George, I mean, he ain't no prize, but he's a good man. Good
5: enough. Of course. Uh, sometimes these cases have... Yeah, but not this one, I'm sure.
11: We have five kids. You know what I mean?
5: Yeah, I do. Don't you worry. We'll find him. We have a pretty good idea where to start looking.
10: More coffee? Boy, you finished off that fire right quick.
5: I am partial to Blackberry.
10: (laughs) Can I get you another slice?
5: Uh, No thanks, honey. Uh, But maybe there's something you can do for us. We're looking for a guy who's been here in Leffert's Corners recently. Nick Callum. Has he been in here?
10: Sure. That writer from New York City.
5: You say that like it's a good thing.
10: He's a pretty odd fella. How so? Well, first he wasn't so bad, but the last few days he'll he'll sit by himself just muttering away. And he don't look so good.
1: Like, what do you mean?
10: He just kind of looks off into nothing, you know?
1: The thousand-yard stare. Yeah, I know it. Any idea where we can find him?
10: I think he's been staying over at the hotel, but sometimes he's talking about the mansion.
1: What mansion?
10: Beats me. Oh, there he is. Mr. Callum, there are some folks here who want to talk with you.
1: Yep, he's definitely one of the reporters up there at Maple Cone.
9: Officers, I knew you'd be back. Oh, yeah? How's that? Once you began to put together the size and scope of what's going on here... Its pull would be inexorable. And just what's going on here? It's a mystery. I'm still working on it. Did you hire
1: George Bennett and William Toby to help you with this mystery? Yes,
9: I did, I did.
1: Where are they? I wish I could tell you. Well, your wish is granted. We're bringing you in for
5: questioning.
9: Questioning? Why?
5: You can come voluntarily and give a statement, or we can place you under
9: arrest. I can make a statement? Yes, I want to. Really? Oh,
1: yes. Come on. Let's go. Okay.
5: You wanted to make a statement? Let's hear it.
9: There was thunder in the air on the night I went to the deserted mansion atop Tempest Mountain to find the lurking fear.
1: To find the what? What's Tempest Mountain?
9: Uh Ah, Yes, forgive me, I should provide some background first. You'll recall we met at the ruins of that settlement after the...
5: Yeah, I remember. You said you were a reporter.
9: I am an author. I was preparing a piece for True Crime magazine, though I suspect to tell the whole tale. A book may be the preferable format. True Crime?
5: We were up there. It was a tragedy, all right.
9: A nightmare, maybe, but we didn't see any crime. It was a freak accident. Hmm... A freak there may well be, but it was no accident. What the hell are you talking about? After the village was destroyed, you and your people investigated the scene, buried the bodies, and eventually returned to Albany. Yeah, that was our job. And, well, you did it. But I stayed on. I wanted to dig a bit deeper. You see, I revel in ghastly explorations. You do, huh? Yes. You policemen look into such things because it's your duty. I do it because it's my passion. And you wanted to dig deeper. Yes. (laughs) I see what you did there. You see, while the New York State Police were content to describe the deaths of 49 illiterate squatters as a freak meteorological incident, I suspected there was more to it. So when you went home, I stayed on to truly investigate. Find anything? Oh my, yes. You see, once the authorities and the press left, all that remained were the nervous neighbors. Like the monies?
1: Just so. You ever find out how to spell their name? None of them seem to know exactly. (laughs) No,
9: there's not much need for reading and writing in their community. Interestingly, there's not much need for money, either. They get by on bartering. A couple of generations ago, the family did some buying and selling with the outside world, and the name stuck. Money. They're one of the few families around here that seems to understand the concept. I showed some interest and kindness to the family, and when sufficiently sober, they proved a trove of information.
6: Them bodies all been buried now. It ain't nothing left for you gawkers to see.
9: Oh, not gawking at all, sir. Uh, I've come to get to the bottom of what happened here. Nick Callum, pleasure to make your acquaintance. Huh? Moses' money. Care for a nip of brandy, Moses? Reckon I don't mind to. Mmm, that's good. Tain't from no mountain still.
6: That's factory
9: hooch. Police are saying it was the storm that killed them all. <laughs> You're not buying it? Clutch cook. I seen
6: them bones all clawed up. And beat up. Ain't no storm to that. Ain't nothing to this world.
9: Twered a specter that done this. Ah, yes. There was a, a little boy who mentioned that before. Your grandson?
6: Yeah, uh, kinda. He's a brave lad.
9: He called it a specter, too. Like a ghost?
6: Like a demon.
9: He told him
6: but them city men can't be bothered to uh, understand secret things. I'd
9: like to understand. Tell me more.
6: Huh. Spectre haunts the old Martin's mansion up on Tempest Mountain. Has done for at least a hundred years now.
9: I heard about that place. Right after the... Tragedy, a lot of reporters went over there to have a look. I went too. Pops are tracing their own tails. And ye all came back. Didn't see nothing, did, did you?
1: Uh,
9: can't say as I did. The old place is pretty run down. You know why that were? Why's that? Cause you bought
6: cotton all went in the day. But the spectre he'd only come out at night. So,
9: if I'd gone at night, I might have seen it? If ye was mad
6: enough to visit the Martins' place after dark, ye might have done. And if it were a storm, and ye surely would, it speaks in thunder.
9: Another drink? <clears throat> what about you, Moses? You seen this spectre yourself? Yeah, heard I done.
6: You were far off, and it damn near scared me to death a Spectre that killed him peoples.
9: Well, armed with such a tantalizing prospect, my course of action was clear. I had to return to the Martens Mansion. Why? We checked that place. It was deserted. Uh, It's a couple miles from the destroyed village. I believed that the Thunder called Money's Death Demon out of some fearsome secret place. And be that demon's solid entity or vaporous pestilence, I meant to see it. I hired a pair of sturdy lads, Bill and his man, to come with me. And why was that? I'm fascinated by the grotesque and the terrible, but I'm not so foolish as to put myself in harm's way. Yeah. So when was this exactly? August 5th. We left the city and arrived at the mansion at dusk. left the silent motorcar and tramped up the last mound-covered reaches of Tempest Mountain, casting the beams of an electric torch on the spectral gray walls that began to appear through giant oaks ahead.
6: Them trees. Something is
9: wrong with them. They're all... uh, ...twisters! Yes, George. It's from lightning. They've been its target countless times.
0: Watch your step, boys. The ground's very uneven.
9: In this morbid night solitude and feeble shifting illumination, the crumbling mansion displayed obscure hints of terror which Day could not uncover.
2: <laughs> Boy,
9: you
0: know how to pick em, Nick. Hard to believe a fancy joint like this was ever built out here.
3: No, we're going inside this place? Oh, great. It's about to fall
9: down. No, no. I've searched the place thoroughly in the daylight. I have it all planned out. Come on.
0: Geez, Nick. Could you find a creepier place? Ah, don't be a pansy. We'll be fine.
9: Come on, we're going upstairs to the bedroom of Jan Martens. His murder here may have left his unquiet spirit doomed to roam among the living. I felt that the apartment of this ancient victim was best for my purposes. The chamber measuring about... Oh, twenty feet square, contained some rubbish which had once been furniture. It lay on the second story, on the southeast corner of the house, and had an immense east window and narrow south window, both devoid of panes or shutters. George, if you'd have fixed the rope ladders out that window there. Uh, What for? In case we wish to flee with alacrity and the stairs are blocked. And Bill, if you'll help me push this old bed frame over into the corner,
3: Ah, Ah, Cripes, check out that old fireplace. It's huge. And the tiles. They got uh, uh, little pictures on them. Eh, This place
9: used to be nice. Perfect. Just as I planned it. Should the demon fall upon us from within the house, we can use the rope ladders out the window. And should it swoop in through the window...
3: Then we go down the stairs with me leading the way.
9: (laughs) So... Now what? We wait for the specter of Jan Martens to return to the room where legend holds that his own kin struck him dead. We'll take turns with one of us keeping watch while the other two rest.
0: Geez, Nick. <laughs> All the weird places you take us to, and you know, we ain't never seen no demon. Yeah, but if we ever was gonna see one, this would be the place.
9: So, you think this guy got murdered? Right here? Ah, interesting story. I should go back to the beginning. You're familiar with the Dutch East India Company? No? Well, in 1647, Peter Stuyvesant was appointed as the new director general overseeing the colony of New Amsterdam. Among the colonists at his stockade fortress of Wilton.: After supper and the day's exertions, the lads were clearly tired. I must say, even with the open window and the thunder and lightning outside, I felt singularly drowsy myself.
5: But they were both still with
9: you at this point? Indeed. I was between them. Bennett was asleep on the side of the bed nearest the window, and Toby was nodding on the other side, though his shift on watch was drawing nigh. I remained on my watch, though. It is curious how intently I had been watching that fireplace. Did you have a fire going? Oh no. The house was in no shape for that. The tiles depicted a story from scripture the prodigal son, and perhaps it tickled something in my subconscious. For a while, a flickering lantern lit the room with undulating shadows, but the incessant wind finally left us in darkness. Never before had the presence of evil so poignantly oppressed me. I must have fallen asleep and awoke to red madness and the mockery of diabolism. There was no light, but I knew from the empty space at my right that Toby was gone. Gone where? God alone knows. Across my chest still lay the heavy arm of the sleeper at my left. Bennett slept through all this? Please, I'm... Allow me to continue, Detective. A devastating stroke of lightning shook the whole mountain... In the flash, the sleeper started up suddenly, while the glare from beyond the window threw his shadow vividly upon the chimney above the fireplace. That I am still alive and sane is a marvel I cannot fathom. Why? What do you mean? I cannot fathom it, for the shadow on that chimney was not that of George Bennett, or of any other human creature, but a nameless, shapeless abomination which no mind could fully grasp. In another second, I was alone in the accursed mansion, shivering and gibbering. George Bennett and William Toby had left no trace, not even of a struggle.
5: All right. Uh, you sit tight here, Mr. Callum. Trooper Duclair and I will uh, we'll be right back.
7: Well, what do you think? Does Callum know where these
5: guys are? Yeah it doesn't seem like it. I don't think we've got enough to keep holding him. It's not like there's dead bodies. We don't know these two guys didn't just ditch him there. I would have. Hmm.
1: You agree? I think the detective's right. The guy's a weirdo, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> if only were a crime to be a weirdo in New York. What do you mean? His language, it's strange. A guy who's guilty of something tends to clam up, but this guy talks too much. <laughs> He spouts off about ghoulish stuff like he's Edgar Allan Poe. Maybe he's nuts, maybe he's just yanking our chain. All right, kick
7: him then. You sure, Captain? We don't want him wasting any more of our time. If he is up to something, he sounds like the kind of idiot who'll end up getting caught eventually.
5: All right, Callum, you're free to go.
9: I am. What a relief. Oh, that's splendid. So, you're coming? Are we coming with you? To go where, exactly? To the Martens Mansion. A hellish mystery still afoot, and we must plumb its depths. You go ahead. See if you find anything interesting. So, you're not coming? Good
5: luck, buddy. Happy plumbing. So, Croft, the whole family coming over for Thanksgiving? Are you kidding me? My brother and his family are coming. The in-laws, the wife's sister, and her family. You should see the size of the turkey the missus is going to roast. Croft, Duclair, I got something for you. What is it,
7: Captain? Suspicious death out in the Catskills. Again? Out at the same village, where all those squatters died in August. And guess who was at the scene?
5: Nick Callum. You got it. Oh, for Pete's sake... Okay, we'll go see if we can round him up and bring him in.
9: (laughs) Speak of the devil. Callum, we were just talking about you. You come to turn yourself in? Turn myself in? No, I've come to demand the immediate assistance of the police. (laughs) Yeah? With what? A thorough investigation of the death of Arthur Monroe. You've got something to tell us about that? Indeed I do. An otherworldly horror is afoot and it cost poor Arthur his life. Come on, this way. Have a seat. Let's hear your story. Uh, Well, after you sent me away, I found myself in a dazed stupor of fear. I returned to Leffert's Corners, desperate to find answers. That shadow. Something had lain between me and the window that night, but I hardly dared to analyze or identify it. If it had only snarled or... Bade or laughed. But it was so silent. Why did it pick them and leave me for the last? Drowsiness is so stifling and dreams are so horrible. That's awful. More coffee? Coffee, don't you see? Nick, give the poor girl a break. What? Oh, Arthur, it's you. Yes, you, you can understand.
8: I'm trying my best, Nick. I'd love a cup of that coffee, darling.
10: Of course. Here you go.
8: Some damn strange stuff going on up here. Evening news assigned me to write up a piece on those two missing fellas.
9: Anything new on that? Nothing. I fear the worst, Arthur. I'm trying my best to calm my nerves and steel myself for another trip up Tempest Mountain to the Martens place. Are well, you sure that's prudent after what happened to you boys up there? Do you believe it, Arthur? What's that? My story. I've told you, the, the police, my editors, anyone who will listen... You're the only one who's believed me.
8: No reason not to believe you, Nick. I saw those bodies up at the squatter's village. Seems like Bennett and Toby really have gone missing. There's a story here. Come with me. Back up to the Martens Mansion. Perhaps if if Let's not be foolhardy, Nick. If there's really something up in that house, I don't want to confront it without knowing what it is.
9: Then what do we do? Let's see if we can figure out what it is. Come with me. Arthur and I visited Moses Money in his mountain shack. I remember you sitting down, you friend.
6: Uh, you were the one what stayed,
8: the one what listened. Yes, that's right. Sir, we hoped we could learn something about the Martenses, their history. This specter, when did it first appear? History?
6: I can't tell you no book learning, but I seen the specter more times than I got Tain't no man been nearer it and lived than I done.
9: Well, I was in bed. There
6: ain't always looking the same way. Sometimes it's a snake a burrowing underground. Sometimes it's a man all giant-like. It's a thunder devil. That's for sure, and a bad sort of wangy vulture. Cause sometimes it's a walking tree, that kinda of be out of fear air, wherever it done feel.
4: Moses money, these men don't want your whiskey old brains a-dribbling on their good shoes. Give me that jug. Ah. Give it now. <sighs> what are you yammering on about anyway? The specter. God, Verdon, the specter ain't no walking tree. I told you that. It's a ghost.
9: Ghost? No, it touched me that night in the house. I felt a very physical presence. Of course
4: you did. Everybody knows a ghost can poke or pinch you. can
8: I Hush up, you! Would there be anyone else who might know more about this specter? Uh, old tales or...
4: Uh, Oh, old oh, Vadoovi oh, Vrooman might know. Oh, plenty of book learning. Knows how to read and write. Got a whole shelf of old books.
9: Yes, yes. where might we find him?
4: The place is a fair hack up Vanderham Crip.
9: Could you take us up there?
4: Reckon you can pay us with cash money? Certainly. Mikey, get in here! Yes, sir? Micah, you need to take these fellers up to old Vadoovie place. You know the way?
10: Yes, sir. Follow me.
9: The lad led us on quite an extended hike alongside a picturesque mountain stream. Hours later, we arrived at a hovel whose decrepitude and malodorous decay shocked me.
4: There be, misters.
9: There's... Books in there? Look out, something's
8: moving inside.
10: <gasps> it's a doovy. Well, really young, Money? Mama told me to bring these fellows to you so that they can. We're hoping
9: you might be able to provide us with some information about the Martens family.
8: They built a mansion up on. Hampers
10: Mountain. Ah, there's was the first settlers hereabouts. A bad line. He was blurring the Martenses. Why'd you come all the way up here to ask about that doomed stock?
8: Two of our associates have gone missing, and we were hoping.
10: Long is the list of folks gone missing thereabouts. You think you can find them?
9: I think there's something wrong at the old Martense mansion. A supernatural presence preying on the people of the region. Oh, oh, you do, do you? Yes. And we want to get to the bottom of it.
10: If in a man falls in a well, he finds the bottom soon enough.
8: Yes, so he does.
10: You can come here, but it ain't much room for to be three visitors. You want I should make you tea?
9: Oh, that would be splendid. Soon we were seated outside on rocks near a fire as the ancient woman told the tale of the Martens family.
10: The place of on the Terrace Mountains was first built by Garrett and Martens. Of course, he came here around 1652 with Stuyvesant. They drove off the engines and built a stockade. Stay there for a spell. Then the war came by and by. And the English took over.
8: The war? Sorry, which war?
10: The Angles' data or or ore Ye Idiot. The Anglo-Dutch War of
9: 1664, presumably.
10: Oh, oh, oh this one knows. <laughs> yes, but old Garrick couldn't abide the rule of the English, so... He takes his family deep into the woods and builds a grand house atop a mountain there. But he were in for a surprise. On your point, thunderstorms all the time on this mountain. Now, first mine there aren't and the seasons, but storms come to the mountain all year long. He done dog his cellar extra deep so his family could go somewhere safe from the storms. A great house. That's been the home of the Martin's family ever since.
8: But surely no one's lived there for centuries.
10: Oh, is that so? You <laughs> see, it. them Martinsons they kept them themselves, for they were all rude to hate the English. Then they did have traffic with them, said you could spot a Martin's by their eyes. Something in their blood made one eye go blue and one go brown.
9: Now oh, that's curious.
10: Human to, to themselves like that a family instead gone degenerate, breeding amongst themselves and with the servant class. Handful moved away. yet. Yeah. You'd see some Martens blood and son at the Hellhawk here, but the rest of them stayed at the old mansion, keeping clanish and quiet. There ain't no man of quality left the place till Jan Martens.
9: Yes, it's his ghost that still haunts the mansion.
10: It's old
8: Can you tell us anything about Jan Martens?
10: Oh, I. I have a book written by one of his mates. I'll fetch
9: The old woman came back with a handwritten 18th century diary, written by one Jonathan Gifford. Apparently he'd met Martens when the two of them served together in the French and Indian War. As the evening's gloom set in around us, we gathered closer to the fire to read Gifford's tale.
0: 10 September. Word came today that the French surrendered on Monday to Major General Amherst at Montreal. They may keep fighting in France and England, but everyone seems to believe the war has ended here and we'll all be going home soon. That's rather hard to believe. While it took years to get used to the privations of army life, now the idea of merely returning home seems strange and foreign. And my closest friend and confidant, Jan, seems particularly troubled by the notion <laughs> well, old friend, well, I suppose this is it. We've got our discharge papers and the army's breaking camp. Sun-up tomorrow, we go back to being regular citizens. Aye, that we do. Well, think about it, Jan. No more bivouacs in the mud. No, no army victuals. No lunatic Frenchmen firing muskets at you or the Indians trying to take your scalp. Yes,
8: I'll miss it. <laughs> you don't want to go home. I was the first of my family to leave Tempest Mountain. To see new sights, meet new people. To see the grandeur of the world. And now, after seeing it, to return to that house again feels like going to my grave.
0: Uh, true, you've
8: made your family out to be a bit queer. Ah, surely. They'll welcome you back heartily. Jonathan... You've saved my life in battle, and truly you've been a good friend to me. But there's still much you do not know.
0: Let us exchange letters, then. I'll I'll tell you of my tribulations, and
8: you can tell me of yours. Tis a fair bargain, Jonathan. Truly. God keep ye, my friend. And to you as well.
0: 23 March. I finally received another letter from Jan today. Their increasing infrequency has begun to trouble me. The poor fellow finds no joy at all among his kinsfolk. They continue to resent him for his excursion into the outside world. He fought bitterly with his brother, whom he said seemed all but ready to lunge at his throat. The thunderstorms, which oft batter the homestead, he no longer finds intoxicating, and he longs to leave for good. Poor fellow. I shall write and encourage him to do so. 9 September. Still no response from yon. I've decided. I'll make the journey out to Tempest Mountain next week. It is a few days' ride, but a surprise visit might buoy his sagging spirits. 20 September. I arrived at Tempest Mountain. I was unprepared for what I found.
2: Good God!
0: <coughs> what in hell, Miss Nonville. Ah, I'm sorry. I, I don't speak. Um, is that Dutch? An Englishman. Mirafel afel van der Boetenveelt. Uh, my intentions are peaceful, sir. No need for the blunderbuss. Varchivante. Greetings. Is this home to the Martens family? It be. Vat to ye, uh, sir? Uh, I am Jonathan Gifford. Your um um. Uh, Jan Martens and I served in the war together. Uh, So, I was wondering if I might prevail upon his hospitality for a brief visit. You come too late. I see. Is he out? He dead. What? Hit by the lightning a time back. Lightning? Yep. Killed him dead. Really? Really? Don't you believe me? Here, look and see for yourself. That there, that be the family plot. Jan's in the rector's count. Add the new one. That's his grave? Well, it's, so. Uh, well, not even a headstone. It made a yet. We be grieving. Uh, I'm, I'm very sorry. Mr, um... Burnt. Oh, yes. Jan wrote of you. <laughs> um, it was... Lightning, you say? Benji Doof That be what I said, but enough of that. I've come a long way. My horse needs water. <laughs> May I trouble you for a dip from your well?
5: <laughs> this way.
0: Thank you. So, Burnt your Jan's older brother? A bit. I can see the family resemblance. What do you mean by that? Your eyes. The two colors, brown and blue, like Jan's. It's distinctive. Jan never made it clear in his letters how many of you live here at the house. Reckon there's enough kinfolk to get a job done? Ah. The house is... uh, I don't suppose there's anywhere nearby where I might be able to stay the night. Take the trail back to the main road in Virekt. Right. There's a tavern some miles down. Jakob Leffert keeps it. I see. Well, then. I extend my condolences to you and your family. Uh, your what? Condolences. I'm sorry for the loss of your... Of Jan. He ain't lost. I mean his death. I'm very sorry to hear of his death. I thank you for your time, sir. Jan had always spoken of his family with a sense of dread and loathing, which I'd attributed to a slightly comic exaggeration. But now, meeting one of them in person and seeing the Marten's homestead. I shared in his pervasive sense of dread. The home and his kinsmen too had a sense of moldering decay, of of rotted grandeur, and of taciturn secrecy. Bernt's tale of Jan's death by lightning seems entirely unconvincing. Jan deserves better than this. I shall find out what's become of him. 22 September. I spent the day acquiring some provisions needed for my inquiry. It's a ghoulish plan I have. No doubt Jan would thank me for it. 24 September. Last night, I brushed against the boundaries of the Nether Regions, where nightmare and madness reign. After midnight, I set out for the Martens Mansion. I left my horse down the road and set off on foot. In fighting alongside the Iroquois in the war, I I learned the skill of moving with stealth through the woods. I soon approached the mansion and found it curiously unlit in any way. I carried with me a small spade and a shuttered lantern. Silently, I made my way to the family burial plot. It is slow and terrible work to exhume, my dear friend. I proceeded methodically so as to remain unnoticed. Finally, my spade made contact with a crude pine box and I hurried to clear it of dirt. I opened the shutters on the lantern just enough to show me what I wished to see. Oh.
6: Jorn.
0: I was discovered. I sought to flee Bunt's ancient gun and... ran as quickly as I could into the forest. But I had seen enough. My friend's skull crushed cruelly. As if by savage blows. His military uniform torn and tattered. I resolved to bring a suit to the magistrate asserting... Jan Martens had been murdered by his loathsome family.
9: Were charges ever brought? What happened?
10: Magistrate wouldn't listen to the case. Weren't efficient evidence. But the rumors left a stain on what the people thought of the Martens family, believe me. Wouldn't no one deal with them no more, and the old manor house was shunned. Till finally no one saw lights there no more.
8: Are any of them left? The Martenses?
10: Some folks hereabouts about got some of their blood in them. But the family's gone. And that house is set empty for nigh on a hundred years.
9: But there must be a ghost. My mammy says it's a specter. John Martens was murdered. His unquiet spirit... We don't know that.
10: I can't say what it is. But there's some bad thing of work there, drawn out by the bad weather. Just like at that village where them people died in the summertime. Weather's been pretty fair, lately oh. But don't you worry, uh, storms are coming. <laughs> <laughs>
9: Monroe and I decided to return to the site of the summer tragedy. Mrs. Money escorted us to the ruins of the village. We hoped to see if anything suggested the specter had somehow been drawn up from below the earth.
4: Winds are picking up. Reckon we should head back.
8: Callum, look here. It's a sort of sinkhole. It's possible there was some kind of tunnel here and the earth gave way. A tunnel? Could that mean...
4: We's in for a squall. Best take shoulder up yonder.
9: Knowing the village itself was destroyed in a storm, we followed Mrs. Money and took refuge in a shack that was still standing.
4: Best we just wait it out.
8: Wait. Do you hear that? It's the wind. Are you sure? It's kind of a groan. Wendell
4: make some queer sounds up this way.
9: Arthur went to the window and opened the shutter just enough to peek out into the storm. The resourceful Mrs. Money managed to light a fire in an old stove fashioned from a steel drum. <laughs> now it's kitchen. Oh, well done. Arthur, she's got a fire going. We can warm up a bit. Arthur? Arthur?
4: Mr., come warm yourself.
9: As he didn't respond, I moved to him and pulled him away from the window. Ah! I felt the strangling tendrils of a cancerous horror, Detective. Speak English, Callum. Arthur Monroe was dead. And on what remained of his chewed and gouged head, there was no longer a face. And this happened right in front of you? Something moving about outside in the storm. It was Jan Martens, his ghost, or specter, or what have you, drawn out of the earth by the storm, just like the old woman said. Right. As soon as the storm subsided, I left Mrs. Money behind and went there to see for myself. Went where? Tempest Mountain. Oh, for the love of Mike. it was no time to waste. Arthur was dead, but I was closing in on this apparition which had left a trail of bodies in its wake. Lock the door. So, uh... You went back to the Martens' place. Yes, yes, to follow in the footsteps of Jonathan Gifford and personally exhume the grave of Jan Martens. I was still soaked from the storm and shivering with cold and fright, but all the same, I went to the small burial plot behind the Martens' house. Yeah, makes sense. (laughs) No, it sounds idiotic. I suppose it was. I soon unearthed the coffin. It wasn't buried deep. It held only dust and nitre, so I kept digging. Why? I don't know. I thought I might exhume his ghost. I delved irrationally and clumsily down beneath where he had lain. God knows what I expected to find. I only felt that I was digging in the grave of a man whose ghost stalked by night. All right, let's settle down a bit now. No, no, don't you see? This is the important part. As I dug, the ground collapsed. It gave way beneath me. You fell into his grave? No, not his grave tunnel a man-sized tunnel dug out of the earth a sort of burrow sure i wasn't thinking straight i i wanted answers i i wanted to avenge poor arthur i had a pocket torch i lit it and descended into the earth i rambled and writhed and scrambled through the darkness god knows how far i went miles i'm sure
1: miles you see anything down there no
9: Not for the longest time until, at last, the light from my torch caught a bit of something in the darkness ahead. The tunnel suddenly inclined upward and I realized I was near the surface again somewhere. And as I raised my glance, it was without preparation that I saw, glistening in the distance, two demonic reflections of my expiring lamp. I could see two reflections with a baneful glow. I stopped automatically, though lacked the brain to retreat. Eyes?
1: Like some kind of animal?
9: They stared at me with vacuous viciousness. I was frozen in terror. Whatever it was was approaching me. It was a creature of some kind with claws! All right, all right, you made it out of there. There was a sound, and my hair stood on end. The thing fled, and there was a metallic smell. And then light above me was storming again, and a lightning bolt had hit the earth. The cave then allowed me to scramble to the surface. I found myself in the woods on the southwest slope. And this uh, monster got away? I assume the lightning spooked it, or it did something. I don't really know, but I was relieved to emerge from that Stygian passage. Now I'm sure. I came here as quickly as I could.
5: And why's that? To confess to the murder of Arthur Monroe? What? No,
9: to get your help. There's a monstrous thing out there. People have died. Right. Will you excuse us a minute?
1: So, clearly he's the lunatic. No argument there. No judge would admit that statement. But I think he's onto something. And it seems Callum was the last one to see Bennett, Toby, and now Monroe. Yeah, still, I don't know that we got a case. We should get Monroe's body to the medical examiner. Let's take Callum back to Maple Cone and the Martens, place. Pick up evidence and see if he incriminates himself. At the rate he's going, I don't imagine that'll take too
5: long.
4: Yep. I were making a fire about here, and that other fella looked out the window for a spell. Mr Nick went to get him, but he were already
1: dead.
5: Oh great. Thanks a lot. She's corroborated everything he said. It's a shock.
1: Yeah. And if it wasn't Callum, who the hell killed Arthur Monroe? I seed the spectre that night. What's that, Mr. Money? I seed him all
6: clawed like climbing down from a tree near sundown day
9: before yesterday. Sundown? The day before yesterday. That's about when I saw the thing. Before I came out of the tunnel. The
1: thing? Moses, you saw the creature
6: here? Yeah? I come out of looking for Marge, but it were storming so bad I crawled under a, a hog shed on the other side of the village. Follow me, I'll show you. See, I were over here, and that there's the tree where I seen the thing cli- uh, climbing down into that there shack.
1: The burned one? twere weren't burned
6: until I set it alight.
1: So you burned this creature? Yep. I heard it a-hollering. Do me a favor. Wait here, would you? Come on, Cross.
5: Yeah, I don't see anything here. The old man was probably out of his mind on moonshine.
1: Looks like a burnt carcass, all right. Son of a...
5: It was big. as Big as a...
9: Look at those hands, detective. Looks more like claws than fingers. What the hell? Beats me. Don't you see? If Moses saw this thing here, while at the same time I saw something in that tunnel... There
5: could be more things like this.
9: Yes. Don't you see? That explains it. That's why I was left when Bennett and Toby were taken. I thought it had passed me over, but they came one from each side. There's more than one. Could be more
1: tunnels, too. Look down there, towards the valley. You see it? No. What do you... Look at the contours on the ground. You see them? There's ridges. They make a little bit of a shadow. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. All twisty like tentacles. What if those are made by burrows under the ground? My God.
9: Mole hills. The damn place must be honeycombed.
1: Looks like they all lead back toward... The Martens' place.
9: Here it is. This was the bedroom of Jan Martens. This is the room where I spent the night with Toby and Bennett. See? The bed's still there, where we pushed it into the corner. It's a hell
1: of a big fireplace. It's not impossible that somebody could shimmy up it, or down. Yeah. So How about you show us this tunnel out by the grave?
9: Yes, yes, follow me. See? This is Jan's grave. This is where he was interred after his murder. I thought you said you dug a tunnel here. I did. Doesn't look like it. No. It was here. The passage must have caved in. It, it was right here, and then the burrow. It extended off to the northeast.
5: Yeah, we should get out of here before the weather gets any worse.
9: The cellar. Martens built a large cellar for protection from the storms. If there's another entrance to the tunnels, I'd wager it would be from the cellar.
5: Sheesh, this is some cellar.
9: This way, that column, that's the main chimney.
1: Croft,
5: look at this, in the
1: dirt. Footprints. What the hell made those? And look, a tunnel's been dug into the ground here, going down. See, I told
9: you there would be another entrance to the tunnels.
5: More prints. (laughs) I ain't
9: going down there. Christ, this is nuts. No, I say we call the Spectre forth. Get it to come to us. I think
1: spectre's the wrong word. That burned body up in the village, that was no spectre. It's some kind of animal. There could still be a couple
9: of them. We should come back with some traps. You have weapons, right? Let us call it forth and we'll see what emerges. What if we just stake out the entrance? We move
5: across the cellar and wait and see if anything comes out.
9: Jan Martens! No! Show yourself to us! Callum, shut up! I know of your unjust murder at the hands of your kin! We are here to set your soul to rest, so that you may finally be at peace! Callum, get away from the tunnel! No, Marcus! Oh,
2: oh, oh. Ah. Callum, go, get away from the
7: I read your final report, Duclair. I can see I chose the right man for the job.
1: Thank you, sir. Any trouble with the dynamite? No, sir. I, uh, I learned how to set a charge in Flanders. There's not a trace of the Martens' mansion left, and Tempest Mountain isn't much of a mountain anymore. Mm. Well done. Pity about Croft. Yes, sir.
7: I was just over to see him. It's funny. He said it wasn't a den of wolves. No? No. He said they were more like apes, deformed, hairy devils, he said.
1: Did he? Uh, What else did he tell you, sir? I'm sorry? Did he mention how many there were? He said there were hundreds. Did he tell you how they tore Callum to ribbons? How they ate him while he was still screaming? How they attacked each other? Did he tell you how one of the last stragglers to emerge from that hellish pit turned and ate one of the others? Trooper. How others snapped out what it left and ate with slavering relish? Duclair, maybe you Did he or... tell you they were the very embodiment of all the snarling chaos and grinning fear that lurk behind life?
7: He told me about their eyes. They all had the same eyes. One blue, the other
1: brown. Yeah. Well, that's why he's in the Asane Asylum right now. It was a den of wolves. As uh,
7: you stated in your report, I'll sign off on it. Thank you, sir. You look tired, Duclair.
0: Get some sleep. I'll try, sir.
1: I'll try.
3: have been listening to The Lurking Fear. Brought to you by our sponsor, Bemis Brothers Rifles. The fun family firearm that makes pest control a delight for you, your wife, and kids. I'm Lester Mayhew. Until next week, this is Dark Adventure Radio Theater reminding you to never go anywhere alone. If it looks bad, don't look. And save the last bullet for yourself.
2: The Lurking Fear was adapted for Radium, produced by Sean Branny and Andrew Lehman, based on the story by H.P. Lovecraft. Original music by Troy Sterling-Neese. The Dark Adventure Ensemble featured Leslie Baldwin, Sean Branny, Casey Camp, Ken Clement, Matt Foyer, Andrew Lehman, Dick Lazardo, Jacob Lyle, Johnny McKenna, Grinnell Morris, William C. Stevens, Kevin Stidham, Josh Temke, Sarah Vanderpool, and Tyne Winters. Tune in next week for The Absent-Minded Cannibal, a thrilling tale of accidental adventures in the Amazon. Dark Adventure Radio Theater is a production of the HBLHS Broadcasting Group, a subsidiary of HBLHS Incorporated, copyright 1931. Plus 88.